So your nervous system can adapt. It's like very plastic. It can change in its function. It can improve for the better. A lot of times, you know, people will be like, ah, I'm not feeling good. So I'm just gonna not do anything today. I think that people can pull themselves out of this if you do kind of specific exercises. So hopefully there's some things that I can get some pointers on today that people could try. Just working with the idea that all of these systems kind of integrate together, the visual system, the vestibular proprioceptive. So I'm going to give you guys some ideas. There is always hope and you are not alone. Hi, I'm Christabel Braden, and this is my brain injury podcast, Hope Survives. Here we share information, education, and support for the brain injury community. This is an uplifting podcast to bring hope to your darkest days. As a survivor of traumatic brain injury and multiple concussions, I know what it's like to struggle to find hope. I don't want anyone to feel as alone as I did, and that's why I started my online community called Hope After Head Injury. This podcast is an extension of that, and I'd love to invite you to join along as we explore the realities of life with brain injury with messages of encouragement interviews with doctors and professionals, and survivor stories. No matter where you're at on your journey, there is always hope. With a little hope, you can make it through today. With a little faith, someday you'll get through the pain. Just a little love is enough. Hello and welcome back to Hope Survives podcast today. So glad you are listening. This is going to be a very, I hope, useful and helpful episode for all of us. So originally, my thought in this topic was to talk about how to keep your recovery going over time and what to do when you have a setback. And I asked Dr. Schmo to come and talk about this. And as we started to have the conversation and as things started to flesh out, he what he really ended up addressing was how do we actually improve our symptoms when we're struggling on our hard days? Because with a brain injury, you know, some days you might feel like totally okay in certain regards, like maybe your balance is okay on Monday. And then on Tuesday, you might have overdid it and you can barely stand up straight. And so how do you move forward and figure out what is causing you to feel off? You know, that ambiguous off, I I would always say I'm having an off day or I'm having a lot of symptoms today or I'm really struggling today. And through this episode, Dr. Schmo is going to walk us through some very specific things that we can 
check in with. So it's going to be a lot of information. (laughs) You might get overwhelmed by the vast amount of information, but please listen, hang in there, and you can always go back and listen once again. I am going to put the show notes with the minute markers, so if there was anything you wanted to go back and listen to once again, you'll be able to find it pretty easily. And eventually, sometime next week, this will also be on YouTube if you want to see the Uh, visual versions. I had gotten a little bit behind on uploading the videos of the interviews, but I'm starting to get caught up. So there's still older ones that I'm not quite caught up with, but all the newer episodes have been uploaded. So sometime next week, you'll be able to check out the video if that is a helpful way for you to take in information. But yeah, so he's going to talk about how do you check in with yourself and what that looks like, some specific things. How do you check in with your autonomic system? How do you check in if you're having gut inflammation? How do you know if you should exercise and do some cardio exercise? Or if that flares up your symptoms, how do you know when you should not do that kind of exercise? How do you check your vestibular system? How do you check your neck and know what's going on? If you're feeling dizzy, what do you do in those moments? So it's a really, really helpful episode. I honestly wish that I had this information years ago because I'll share a little bit in the conversation, but I had gone so long with just trying to do better. So I would try and exercise or do something that I thought would help, and then it would make my symptoms worse. And then I thought I was just getting worse and not better. And I spent so many years just not knowing how to find the root of how to treat my symptoms and how to really improve on an upwards trajectory. I always felt like I would take one step forward and three steps back, and I might improve for a day or two, and then I would just tank. And it has been very discouraging and very overwhelming. So this episode contains some really great information that I wish that I had had back when I first had my injury or in the early years of my TBI. So I hope it helps you guys as well. Now, a little bit about Dr. Schmo. Dr. Jeremy Schmo is the founder and director of the Functional Neurology Center. He's worked with patients with complex neurological dysfunction. He's treated thousands of patients with head injuries, vertigo, dysautonomia, dizziness, movement disorders, neurodegenerative, and developmental disorders. And he sees very complex cases, and he integrates neuro rehab, manual therapy, lab work, and nutrition. He takes a very a functional approach, um, and he's also done a lot. I'm looking at his bio right now. He's presented, he's lectured, he's been featured in the Huffington Post, Experience Life magazine. He's worked with professional NHL hockey players. Um, He's been highlighted in Minnesota Hockey Magazine. He's just a really great, well-rounded practitioner. And my personal, actually, I've worked with him personally. So I can attest that he's wonderful. So I really hope this episode helps you and gives you some practical tools on how to get through your hard days because sometimes it just feels really overwhelming. And while this is going to be a lot of information, I hope there are some nuggets that you can say, oh, that's me. Oh, I struggle with that. Oh, here is a practical thing that I can do to help. And I hope it gives you some tools 
to move forward because that's really my goal here with Hope Survives Podcast is to give you those kind of practical tools to take with you and things that can really, truly, genuinely help on the recovery. So before we move on to the interview, I wanted to say our monthly brain injury support group that I run for Hope After Head Injury is once a month on a Wednesday night. Our upcoming Zoom call will be on September 21st. So it's next week from when this episode airs. If you're listening to this a little bit later, we also are going to have a meeting on October 19th and November 16th. So I hope that you can make one or all of those Zoom meetings. I would personally love to meet you. And it's moderated. It's organized. I run the group and people talk one at a time. You can have your camera on. You can leave it off. However, you're the most comfortable. Um, But it's always really encouraging. So I hope to see you there. My Brain Injury Bible Study Group is also meeting this weekend here on September 17th. And we haven't announced the fall schedule for that yet, but that'll be up soon. So thank you guys so much. And I will see you guys soon. I started Hope After Head Injury 10 years ago, and it has grown into a global online support community. You can get involved and check out more of the online resources we have available at hopeafterheadinjury.com. Connect with survivors, caregivers, and family members through our Zoom meetings, our Facebook support group, or the Brain Injury Bible Study Group. I remember what it's like to feel so alone with brain injury. And my goal with these groups is for you to know that you are not alone and to be able to connect with others going through similar circumstances. We are in this together. Now I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and remind you that this podcast is for education and informational purposes only and not intended for medical advice. If you need specific medical advice, please consult your physician. Now, thanks for listening, and let's get on with the show. Today, I am so excited to welcome Dr. Jeremy Schmo back to the Hope Survives podcast. You've been on here a couple times in season one, and I'm so glad to have you back. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Absolutely. So do you want to share a little bit about who you are for maybe some of our newer listeners? Sure. Yeah. So I practice uh, what's called functional neurology. I'm a chiropractor, and functional neurology is really... You know, it's a, it's a subspecialty that really digs deep into your nervous system, and it looks at you know what circuits, what networks of your neurological system aren't functioning and integrating appropriately. <clears throat> we do very specific exams with advanced diagnostics, and then we figure out you know specifically what we think your brain needs to make improvements uh, with your recovery. So we might decide that you know, doing an exercise on one side of your body would be more beneficial than doing it on just both sides of the body. Or, you know, maybe you need to do 10% uh, vision training, 30% vestibular, and another, you know, percent proprioceptive or something like that. So we try and make all of our rehabilitation as specific as we can for what your nervous system needs. And I I graduated from school, chiropractic school, in 2011, 
And then I started my practice like just like a couple weeks later and been going at it ever since. And uh, we're in Minnetonka, Minnesota. We have people from all over Minnesota that come and work with us all over the Midwest. And, you know, people fly in and, you know, come here for our intensive program. So it's, I love what I do. Um, I love educating people on functional neurology. And not only that, but just overall how to keep your brain healthy. And I'm super interested in like everything brain health. So all of the other techniques out there, you know, EMDR, acupuncture, um, you know, different types of physical therapy techniques. I'm interested in like all of the techniques and how those affect people's brains. Um, so I'm constantly reading about all of these different things all the time and like pulling ideas from other fields and integrating it into my program. So if I hear about some sort of, you know, new eye movement training from brain spotting or EMDR, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to add that in. I'm going to, I'm going to try that with certain individuals that I think would benefit from it. So that's what's cool about our program is that we're constantly like evolving and we're educating ourselves. We're always doing continuing ed and then we're just pulling things and then looking at all of the new research and clinical neuroscience and then trying to add things in to help people. So, you know, people come here, they do our week program and then local people will, you know, do the week, but then also continue working with us as well. But what I think we're really good at is designing your at-home program. So the specific exercises that you need to do at home to get your progress to continue. And then most importantly, you know, what if things start to kind of, you know, flatline? What are some things that we can do to, you know, maybe juice it up, switch things? So that's, you know, kind of what we're talking about today is how to like keep your recovery going and then what to do if, you know, you have a setback, um, what are some strategies, what are some things that you can do to kind of pull yourself out of it? So I think yeah. it's going to be really good. That's great. Thanks so much, Dr. Schmo. Yeah. And for those listeners who might know this, Dr. Schmo is my doctor. So I have gone to see him and he has helped me so much. His clinic, I couldn't, I couldn't say anything. Uh, what's the, what's the phrase? All I can say is wonderful things. I couldn't say anything um, more wonderful about it. It's just um, been amazing. And I'll just give an example from this past year. Last September, I went out for a short, like, two-day, I think. And mm -hmm. we did my eyes. And you might have seen my YouTube video. If any of you are subscribed to the Hope After Head Injury YouTube channel, I posted about the VNG goggles where my vision and my vestibular system was really affecting me really a lot. And so he was able to pinpoint exactly what was going on with my eyes, gave me home exercises. I went back this May, did the same test and got completely different results. Mm -hmm. My eyes for the first time, he was like, that's pretty normal. And I didn't know what to do with that because I was like, wow, I've never felt like my vision is normal before in 15 years of having a brain injury. So it, um, I can attest to like the consistency of the home exercises and how that really does help. But today we're going to be talking about, um, sorry, did you want to add something? Well, I, I was just going to give like a little bit of information here. So yeah, go I'll, ahead. Just give you, I'll just give you like an example. So I've had some concussions myself and then, you know, there's skiing concussions. And I don't know if I told you this, but I think it was like eight months ago, 
I was still, I still feel kind of weird every once in a while. I just feel like a little floaty or like kind of like lightheaded, like slightly dizzy, but I'm way better than what I ever was before. So 2022, I was all about, we need to like dig into my metabolic system and see if there's anything else that's going on. And actually came back on, it's called the Tickborne 2.0, like Vibrant America panel that I had like multiple Borrelia-like Lyme antibodies, as well as Babesia and Bartonella, which are like co-infections of Lyme disease. And then I started doing a lot of work on that and got like even better. Like I thought I was good. And then I started doing that type of work. And I had done a lot of different things before, but I had never attacked any of these co-infections and I got even better. Yesterday or the day before, I did some different products and I can like completely flared myself up. So yesterday when I was in here, I had some of my original symptoms that I had from my concussion stuff like 10 years ago, where I felt like kind of rocky and floaty and I would do balance testing and like put one foot in front of the other. And I was literally like, felt like I was just on a boat. And then I worked on doing exercises like all day in between patients yesterday. And then I woke up this morning and I feel completely back to normal. So it's, it's interesting how people's concussion symptoms can just go like this. And a lot of times, you know, people will be like, oh, I'm not feeling good. So I'm just going to not do anything today. Or, you know, I'm just going to hang out, relax or watch TV or something. I think that people can pull themselves out of this if you do kind of specific exercises. So hopefully there's some things that I can get some pointers on today that people could try, like just working with the idea that all of these systems kind of integrate together, the visual system, the vestibular proprioceptive. So I'm going to give you guys some ideas of, hey, if I'm feeling really dizzy today, well, what are maybe some proprioceptive things that you could try to see if you could shut things down? So your nervous system can adapt. It's like very plastic. It can change in its function. It can improve for the better. And that was just an example. I was feeling off and literally did all this stuff all throughout the day. And by the end of the day, I was, I was pretty good. And then I woke up the next or today, and now I feel perfectly fine. But all day yesterday, I felt floaty and rafty and shaky. Wow. Thanks for sharing. Oh, yeah. I, I appreciate that. And, you know, you're right that the concussion and brain injury symptoms, they are so up and down. And mm -hmm. other things can flare up our symptoms because your brain is connected to everything. I had had COVID. That was actually why I went to see you again this May because I had had COVID in the beginning of this year. And it really messed up my autonomic system. Um, and so I felt like all my brain, it felt like I got another brain injury. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, today, yeah. So let, let's go ahead and kind of move forward into the topic. Yeah. I really wanted to talk about how to keep your recovery going. It is so easy to feel like you lose progress, like you're having setbacks, especially if you're having hard days, you're having a lot of hard days in a row. And so I really wanted to talk about how we can get out of maybe ruts of when we're feeling like we're having a symptom flare up and these cycles of like, I'll be doing really well and then I'll dip and then I'm bad for three weeks. And then I have one good week and then I'm bad for three weeks. And, you know, <laughs> like I've lived that. And I think a lot of our listeners can probably relate to that as well. 
So I wanted to ask you about, I like what that you mentioned that you, you can give some certain pointers for specific types of symptoms. And um, I think it's a balance, you know, like some days you will need a rest, some days you might need to do mm-hmm. things. So it's also learning to listen to your signals of your body and your brain and find the right balance yeah. for yourself. Yeah. I think it's important to come up with like a couple, I just call them biomarkers for yourself on number one, like how is your autonomic nervous system doing? So some easy things that you could check with yourself is like, are your hands really cold? Like, are your feet feeling really cold? Um, You know, is your heart rate seem to be elevated? So if you get like a pulse oximeter at home, you can look at your oxygen, you can look at your resting heart rate. So checking those things with yourself is a good idea. So Say if your heart rate resting was 70 and then you stood up on a day where you weren't feeling good and then it went up to like 120, that means that your system is very dysautonomic on that day. So you probably don't want to just do tons of cardiovascular exercises and really, really push yourself. So in one person, that might be the right thing to do. For their concussion, another person that could be the wrong thing to do in terms of like really pushing cardiovascular. So what I like to do is if people are feeling really dysautonomic, cold hands, cold feet, their gut feels off, um, heart rate is at, you know, say 70, for example, it's really spiking, is to start doing some vagus nerve activation techniques right away. So something that you could do is just uh, gargle. So basically gargling water, activating your soft palate, soft palate's innervated by your vagus nerve, vagus nerve kind of calms your nervous system. I've had many times where people are like, man, I just feel so off today. We get them start gargling and doing breathing exercises. Next thing you know, their heart rate stabilizes, their hands feel better. And then they're feeling like they got more oxygenation and more perfusion up to their head. So that, that would just be like one example. Does that kind of help? So like that's yeah. one yeah, like that's yeah, one I think strategy that's that somebody could use. Yeah, especially because it's so hard to make generalizations with brain injury. So I think it's mm-hmm. really good that you're kind of saying if you have this, this is something you can do. I know for me, dysautonomia has been a huge thing and you're you're you helped me through mm-hmm. that like a lot. But I like I would always feel better after I sang. And I didn't yeah. know that it's because singing activates the vagus nerve. Like I mean, some of it probably is the power of music, but I think some of it was the fact that when I would sit down with my guitar, my piano, and I would sing, like singing vibrates and physically activates the vagus nerve. And so Mm -hmm. if we have any singers listening, or if you enjoy singing along, like in addition to gargling or other things you can do, like singing, I mean, it can make you feel, it can make your brain symptoms go away Mm -hmm. if there are those types of symptoms. Yeah. So like that, that's, Definitely a good idea. So look into your autonomic system. Another thing that you can do if you're just like not feeling good is actually just kind of like go in and palpate around your stomach. And if you if you're pressing your stomach and your stomach like physically hurts when you're pressing in, then there's probably some GI inflammation that could be going on. So like I always like to go, all right, how's your autonomic system doing? And then number two, is your gut just really flared? Uh, everybody knows now that when you injure your brain, it does lead to GI dysfunction. So 
one of the things that you could do is maybe do like an ice pack, like over on your ileocecal valve that might be inflamed from small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So can you explain where that is? Yeah, for- it's in like the low, it's in like the lower right quadrant. So you just go online, Google it, it's in the lower right quadrant, and then you could palpate in there. And then with a lot of people, when they're not feeling good, you will feel it be like really tight, inflamed. So you know that there's something going on with your your gut, you know, probably on those days where you're just not feeling good. So some of the things that you could do would be, well, you're going to eat really clean that day. Like you're going to get really hydrated. You're going to eat super clean, anti-inflammatory type foods, you know, blueberries. It's hard to say because everybody has their own diet and everybody has their own kind of food restrictions. So I'm not going to dive deep into that, but... I like to use a product called Repairvite SE from Apex. Um, go on a really good probiotic, um, do some abdominal massage, do some icing on the ileocecal valve. Like that can help a lot. I even have people take some electric stim and just like put it on the stomach, and that can help a lot too. So you can stimulate the vagus nerve, you know, in the neck, gargling, but you can also stimulate it in the stomach as well. And then that feedback goes back into the brain. So number one, you know, for me, it's always, how's your autonomic nervous system doing? Is your gut really inflamed on that day? Because when your gut gets inflamed, then it leads to a whole host of weird, bizarre neurological symptoms. You know, people feel really foggy. People feel lightheaded. People feel anxious. People feel jittery. So, you know, your gut could be off. Your nervous system could be in a state of autonomic dysregulation. So if you have that, do you think it's a good idea to really like pump your cardiovascular training on that day or really go like work out hard? You know, you could, you could try it, but if you flare and you get worse, then those are the days where you have to like calm it down and do some of these other techniques to kind of get your nervous system and your autonomic system under control. Yeah. That's so good because so many times like doctors or people will say you should exercise every day. You should walk. You should do this. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you're having exercise intolerance, which we did have an episode on that, if you want to go back and listen earlier in this season, we did a whole episode on exercise intolerance with Dr. Mark Heisig. But um, when it comes to, you know, what Dr. Schmo is saying is you have to figure out kind of what and why you're feeling the way you're feeling. And so some days, though, can you give an example of a time when exercising might actually help you to improve your symptoms? Yeah, Maybe if yeah. it's not an autonomic flare? Yeah, so if you're, if you're just in kind of like a state of deconditioning, you're not having like the huge heart rate, you know, changes, a lot of times like cardiovascular training and getting better perfusion to your head and blood flow is, is going to help a lot. All right. You don't want to push it past the limit, though, of really causing a lot of other symptoms. So you can do cardiovascular training, go on a treadmill and things like that if your vestibular system is doing good. So if people have issues with their vestibular system still and every time they walk and every time they run, they feel like the world is moving and rocky and dizzy, then you're not going to be able to do it. But if you're, you got your autonomic nervous system doing a little bit better, your eyes are better, your vestibular system is doing good, then it's time to go in there and exercise. Um, 
so we use like the Buffalo, he, he probably talked about like the Buffalo treadmill protocol. So we, we do that with people at home. Um, in, in the office, we do cardiovascular training in like little Tabata workouts in between doing like cognitive training with people. So sometimes all you got to do is do a little work on your autonomic system, get your gut under control, do a little bit of cardio training, not to the point where you like push past your limit. And then maybe try dual tasking yourselves with some like cognitive exercises while you're doing that. Like say, you know, every other letter of the alphabet, every other month, you know, push yourself a little bit and see if you feel better. If you do that and you feel just way worse, then maybe that's a day where you're just going to have to just completely tone it back down. So if you're doing activation techniques you know, you're working out, you're doing cardiovascular, you're doing some vestibular and some cognitive training, and you completely crash, and your heart rate goes really high, and you get, you know, super, super dizzy, and you start looking purple, and your hands turn purple, and your feet turn purple, that might be a day where you're like, you know what, I'm just gonna throw this one in the bag, and I'm just gonna chill today, and then let my system recover. Does, yeah. does that help? Yeah, it does. And I think doing, you know, I didn't, I didn't used to know the difference between like a low intensity workout versus, um, moderate to high intensity workout. I didn't really know how they affected your brain differently. Mm -hmm. And so once I gave myself permission to, Hey, it's okay if I just do 15 minutes of slower walking or just something, you know? Yeah. And I would find so much more comfortable on an elliptical than I would be on a treadmill. And a lot of that, I think you explained this to me, has to do with the dysautonomia because my the placement of my head mm-hmm. and my vestibular system, like on an elliptical, I actually felt better and more stable because my head wasn't being bounced up and down. Yeah, I mean, it was as- more, more going up, you know, something like this compared to, you know, like that force hitting into your body. And then your head, you know, having to like tolerate that force. So sometimes those little changes make all the difference. So if you are going to try cardiovascular training, it's a good thing to know kind of how your vestibular system is doing that day. So one of the things that we can kind of go into next, we've talked about some dysautonomias go into vestibular. You know, I just, I like to have people just close their eyes and see how they feel. So your eyes are closed. You're just sitting there. If you feel like super rocky, rolly, and then if you feel, you know, on your eyeballs themselves, like press into your eyelids, if you feel your eyes actually like drifting and jerking and moving around, you probably don't want to go push it really hard with doing a big hard run. Or sometimes the elliptical in those situations can make you feel off. You might want to just do a stationary bike. Or, or maybe even try rowing. Now, sometimes that can be beneficial. Um, you can also just get cardiovascular activation just from doing simple things like position holding. Just hold a squat for 30 seconds, hold a lunge for 30 seconds, and kind of do these isometric position holding exercises, and you will get your heart rate up and get some blood flow and get some things moving without actually moving your head all over the place. So that's a, that's a good way to get some feedback from your muscles, get some cardiovascular activation without really pushing your vestibular system that much. 
So a lot of people with vestibular issues just get really deconditioned because they can't run, they can't, they can't move, they can't turn. So cardiovascular training is something that can be really helpful to help heal your brain, but you have to adapt it. That's so good. Lunge holds, squat holds, push-up holds, isometric training, you know, things like that could be helpful. So even from that aspect, like say if your vestibular system feels really unsteady that day, doing that muscle activation could activate your proprioceptive system and calm your vestibular system down when it's not integrating appropriately. So what you would do is you would, you know, kind of check those biomarkers with yourself you know, maybe close your eyes, see how you feel, look at a dot on the wall, you know, move your head, see if you feel really dizzy with it. If you do feel really off, you're going to want to do your vestibular exercises. But if you're getting worse from doing your vestibular exercises, like don't push it past that limit. Mm-hmm. You would then go and try and do maybe some cardiovascular training or some isometrics or some body feedback exercises, and then recheck your vestibular, try doing your exercises. If your exercises feel better, you know, maybe you can push it a little bit more. So the whole goal is like, don't do things that make you feel horrible and push you into complete dysautonomic dysregulation. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like that's that's how you have that's how you have to think. You have to think. Okay, how's my autonomics today? How's my vestibular system today? Okay, and then the next thing that you could do is go. All right, how how do my eye movements feel today? And you could just do some general, you know, do like a pencil push up. See how your convergence and divergence feels. Maybe do some pursuits. Check your own saccades. See how they feel. And if they feel really off, you're going to want to work on those with the exercises that, you know, your athletic trainer, your PT, your chiropractor, your neurologist, your vision therapist, your, you know, there's so many different people that people are working with. Um, You're going to do the exercises that they gave you for your eye training. But if you go into instant, oh, my heart rate's going, I feel ice cold. Now I feel horrible and dizzy then you could say, well, you know, maybe I'm going to try doing a little vestibular training first and then go back and recheck my eye movements. Oh, my eyes feel way better. Well, maybe I don't want to push it too hard with all my eye training today because my system's a little unstable. So it's trying to find that like delicate balance, which is just, it's kind of an art form and it's learned by the patient But once they work with us for a week, we kind of teach them all of that stuff during the week. And we go, I think if when you go home, if this feels off, like you're probably going to need to do A, B, C, D, and then move into this. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to kind of like put together that perfect recipe for people. But hopefully what I'm saying, people can start to do that themselves. Yeah. Thank you. I yeah. I mean, that's what this podcast is all about. Hope survives, right? Giving people resources. There will probably be some people who listen to it that say, hey, I want to go visit his clinic and get help. Mm-hmm. There might be some people that aren't able to. And so, mm-hmm. you know, figuring out what to do, where you are, you know, what I'm hearing is, you know, that saying, do what you can with what you have, where you yeah. are. And I think if we can learn to evaluate where we're at with our brain symptoms, you know, like if I'm having a dysautonomic flare up, if I'm having a vestibular flare up 
and tailoring the way that we approach our day based on that, we're going to have a long-term better recovery than if we're just like, I feel off. I don't know why I'm exhausted. And then we just stay sedentary because that that's honestly, I've been there because I just would feel so bad when I would try and do anything that I felt like, what's the point, you know? And then I would go to the opposite extreme be like, I just have to try. So then I would just try to exercise, but I might be doing the wrong thing for Mm -hmm. my brain without knowing it. And then I'd be like, exercise makes me feel worse. So I'm not going to be able to do that. So what else can I do? And you kind of just end up in this downward spiral and then you just get depressed. And so I, what I hope that these tips that Dr. Schmo was sharing is, you know, there is something you can do on those off days, on those off times when you feel like you're having setbacks or flare ups, you know, tackle it a little bit at a time. You know, he talked about evaluating the vestibular, dysautonomic, but also the gut, right? Activating the vagus nerve. That is something that anybody can do, activating your Mm -hmm. vagus nerve, which connects between your brain and your gut. And also like the anti-inflammatory like foods, like those, those are things that anybody can put into practice that's going to help your brain and help your recovery overall. Yeah. And then, so, you know, we did dysautonomia, we did, you know, GI, we did vestibular, we talked about eyes, <clears throat> everything that kind of integrates those systems together. Like a lot of that stuff comes from your cerebellum. So it is important every day to check your cerebellum and see how it's doing. And, you know, some of the things that you can do is like finger to nose testing, rapid alternating movements, you know, stand up, put your feet together, close your eyes, see what your sway pattern looks like. So if you're feeling really rocky and really uncoordinated and you're missing your finger to nose and other cerebellar tests that you might have heard of, if they're really off that day, you probably want to do some work on that before you start just lifting weights or running or doing different types of activities that involve your body absorbing a lot of force. Because if you don't know where your body is in space, and if your cerebellum is not kind of integrating these systems together, then you have to work on that. So say if you try doing your vestibular exercises and you feel horrible, you do your eye exercises and you feel horrible, and then you go do finger to nose, rapid alternating movements, check your balance and you're all over the place. Well, maybe you want to do some different like body movements to stimulate your cerebellum to see if it can integrate those systems a little bit better. So doing, you know, figure eights with the hands, figure eights with the legs, um, more complex movements of your body. And then if you go back and then you retest your findings and you're like, wow, now I'm like, hitting my finger to nose here and I like feel more coordinated, then you might be in a better position to do your eye exercises, do some of your vestibular training. And now those are feeling better. And then you go for a walk compared to if you just went for a walk and everything's all off and then halfway through your walk, you have to sit down because you feel so horrible. So it's, it's almost like preparing your, your brain and your body to be able to go do cardio training and things, which is going to help you. Like there's other steps that you might have to do to get your brain ready. So that's what I really work on with people is trying to like figure out, I'm like, all right, if you do this exercise, it doesn't feel good. You might have to do this first. And then you go in there and do this. 
So I was trying to put together that perfect recipe for people. So yeah, that's so good. You know, check your autonomics, check vestibular, check your, check your vision, check your cerebellum out and see how things are doing. And then the last subset that I like to do, I guess we got one more after that is just see how your neck is doing that day. So if your neck just feels horrible, you know, you feel nauseous and pukey from moving it around. I like to have people just do a really simple neck proprioception test where you just put your thumb out, you look at where your thumb is, you close your eyes, turn your head, come back and try and land your nose right on your thumb. And if you're doing, you know, big overshoots and really missing your nose, the feedback from your neck is not integrating into your brain appropriately. So then you could do some neck proprioception training. We use this gel as well called Prolo gel that seems to really help. All it does is change the pH in and around nerves. So we let people, we have people apply the gel into specific nerves into the neck, into the forehead, jaw, to try and try and calm some pain down. So if you're trying to do vision training and vestibular and run, but your neck just feels like horrific, Maybe you need to do a little bit of work to, you know, calm the pain down with your neck, get some better feedback from your brain, and then go and try and do your exercises. So that's that's another pointer. Um, and then the last one will be just see how you're doing with dual tasking. So I like to have people walk and see how your gait feels. Um, if you're not able to ambulate, if you're if you're not able to walk, you could try just doing the cerebellar tests. If you can do that. And then say every other letter of the alphabet as you do it. And if you do that and you get way worse, then most likely we need you need to do some cognitive activities to help out. So with doing your cerebellar exercises, you could start doing things like saying A, C, E, G, January, March. You try and dual task your, your frontal lobe work your cognitive system while you're doing some of these exercises. So those are like six different things that people could try um, to get their system more stable. And if nothing's working, nothing's integrating on that day, things just keep getting worse, there's probably some sort of inflammatory response that's going on. And those might be the days where it's just, you're not able to do your exercises and that's okay. All right, there are some days where you just might not be able to do what you need to do with your exercises. And if you did do them, you might even make yourself worse. So that's, you know, you got to figure out when you're making yourself worse and when to, when to kind of, you know, tone it back. Yeah. When to push. Yeah, that's good because I think as brain injury survivors, we kind of are not always the best at listening to our own brain and body signals because we're so used to pushing through and ignoring pain. And it, it has taken me a long time to learn how to recognize when my brain is flared up because mm -hmm. sometimes I wouldn't even recognize it until I'm already crashed. Like yeah. I don't recognize it on the front end. I recognize it on the back end and it's too mm -hmm. late. And so I appreciate your pointers and the specific things we can do to test those things for ourselves, because if we're able to recognize on the front end that, oh, my autonomic is off today, I know not to push that or, yeah. you know, and so it, I think it's a matter of it. it 
a little bit trial and error. You know, you have to learn to listen to the signals of your brain and your body and learn to listen to those tells. And that that's an art of its own. That takes time to get to know yourself. I have this fitness watch that tracks my heart rate. And that has been an extremely useful tool to help me to know when my autonomic systems flared up because I will go from seated at my computer and I'll get up to just walk to the bathroom. Then I will like, I feel really out of it. And then I started to look at my watch and I noticed every time my heart rate would like spike up to like 120, 130 from being after being seated for seated for a while. And then I would know, Oh, I'm my autonomics is off today. I need to do some things to support my autonomic system. But for me, having like you mentioned, somebody getting maybe a pulsometer, pulsometer, pulse oximeter. I'm like, <laughs> I know I'm not saying it right, yeah. um, but something like that, like a tool that you can use, like an external tool that you can use to help you to identify what's going on internally, mm-hmm. can be super helpful. So for me, the fitness watch has been a really good uh, tool because also at the end of the day, I have a graph of my heart rate throughout the day, and I'm able to look and be like, oh, like. I was feeling a little out of it then. And so, yeah, there, there are things you can do. There are tools you can do, but it's overall, you know, finding the right practitioner, which we've had other episodes about somebody that can help guide you. If this feels like a lot and feels overwhelming to do on your own, find a concussion literate practitioner or a functional neurologist, somebody that can come alongside of you and say, Hey, here is what you can do to help yourself. And you start to over time, learn yourself and learn your body signals better, but never ignore if you're having a flare up and pain flare up, or you're having a symptom flare up, don't ignore it, investigate it. You know, why is this happening? Let's, let's think about it. For sure. I mean, there's, there's so many different providers out there now that have had such good concussion training, like even compared to five years ago, you know, it's not just functional neurologists. I mean, there's amazing PTs, there's amazing OTs. Um, All of these different fields now are, you know, I feel like just it goes from these separate fields and now it's like turning into like one cohesive, like post concussion. Um, it's going to be a new field. It's going to be like a whole new, um, you know, field that's going to come out here. And over the next 10 years, things are just going to develop and be even more amazing. So yeah, we're going in the right direction. Yeah. Everything's going in the right direction. You know, there's different providers out there that you can definitely find, and there's, you know, so many resources online as well. So you just have to find those resources. I mean, a lot of people come in, like, I just don't, they don't have the education. That's why it's important to do the types of things that you're doing. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Dr. Shro, And thanks for being on the podcast and giving of your time. Cher, you don't have to do this. And mm-hmm. I appreciate that you are. Uh, and for anyone who wants to get in touch with you, should they email your, um, your office or. Yeah. So you, you can go to the website. It's the FNC.com. Uh, you can also email info at the FNC.com. So if you want to do a consult with us, like you can go right on the website and schedule the phone consult. But if you know that you're just ready to go and you want to come in and work with us, if you just email info at the FNC.com, then we can kind of get things moving along faster. And then on our website has a lot of articles, a lot of educational stuff ranging from, 
you know, vestibular visual, visual vertigo, dysautonomia to, you know, diet stuff, gut information, vagus nerve stuff, hormones, um, neurotransmitter function. So we, there's like a wide variety of different topics on the website that you can go and read about. Yeah, that's great. Thanks so much, Dr. Schmerl. This has been yeah. awesome. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hope Survives Podcast. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to subscribe and stay tuned as more episodes will be coming each week. And check out hopeafterheadinjury.com for more. I'll see you next time. And remember, there's always hope.